Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. Be still and know that God is here. In the name of the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Amen. How much do we know about St. Francis of Assisi? He is one of Christianity's more famous saints. He's the one that you often see depicted in art or in a garden statue with animals surrounding him, perhaps with a bird sitting on his shoulder. We also know that this time every year, we will do it today, actually this afternoon, we will gather and bless our animals as a way to honor his legacy. But other than those things, what do we really know about this 12th century Italian monk? He is mostly known for his focus on peacemaking, his affinity for animals, the environment, and all of creation in general. In fact, some have even said that we probably could call him the world's first environmentalist. St. Francis is also credited with arranging the very first Christmas nativity with real live animals. But other than those things, what do we know? Well, what we might not know is that his love for animals and all of creation, which became his legacy that we still have inherited today, was something he came to as a young adult after a very traumatic ex conversion experience. He was born Francesco di Pietro di Bernardone in 1181, and he was born into a very wealthy family. His father was a prosperous silk merchant, and his mother was a noblewoman. He's been described as a handsome, gritty, gallant, and delighted in, with fine clothes, surrounded himself with rich friends, and was a lover of material pleasures. In his early years, Francesco lived what we might call today an extremely privileged and even over-resourced life. As he grew up in this wealthy family, he garnered a reputation as a wild child. He was known for drinking and partying. He became a soldier and eventually was captured and imprisoned. It was during his time in prison that it is written that God came to him in visions. When he was released, he found his way home, renounced his old life and wealth, and chose a new path a vocation dedicated to living in poverty and simplicity and working to embody what we would call the way of love, following the life and the lessons of Jesus. Those who knew Francis before his jailhouse conversion thought he'd lost his mind. The fact that he'd walk away from power and luxury simply didn't make sense. I wanted to learn more about his conversion experience, so last weekend I took a little time and I watched the movie made about his life called Brother Sun, Sister Moon. Honestly, while I did learn a little bit about his story, it was more entertaining than strictly educational. That movie came out in 1972 and it was directed by Franco Zeffirilli. 
Apparently the Beatles were originally contacted about casting in the movie, but they declined. And yet still, it kind of feels like a 12th century story with a kind of Woodstock feel. The theme song, by the same name as the title, Brother, Son, Sister, Moon, sounds like something actually right off the Yellow Submarine album. Anyway, what is clear, both from this somewhat cheesy movie and the vast amounts of writings we have inherited from and about St. Francis, there are several beautiful insights and perspectives worth remembering. The one that stands out the most to me right now for our community is St. Francis's ability to invoke a kind of courage throughout his life to speak and then even more importantly, live out the conviction of the words that he spoke. Some of you may have heard a quote that is attributed to St. Francis, and while no one can really know if he ever actually said these words, they do capture what I have come to appreciate most about his inspirational story. The quote is simply this, preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. Implicit is an understanding of deep conviction and purpose. It is aspirational, of course, and who I believe we are striving to be at our very best, a community learning that our most powerful sermons, if you will, are the unspoken acts of love that we choose every day. And in addition to being aspirational, those words also require a kind of courage. It takes courage to stand and speak the truth. And all of the things that St. Francis did or didn't do, of those things, there is no doubt that his life represented a brave expression of living his truth. Over the past few years at Trinity, we have studied the writings and work of social researcher and faithful Episcopalian Brene Brown. Her work has helped us discuss and embrace the conviction of learning to choose courage over comfort in a time and culture of fear and uncertainty. She has offered us a way to recognize the value of courage and vulnerability. She makes a compelling case that one can actually not exist without the other, and that both are required to live what she describes as a wholehearted life, the kind of life that indeed preaches the gospel at all times, and if necessary, uses words. She writes this, The key to wholehearted living is vulnerability. You measure courage by how vulnerable you are. She goes on to say that she starts every day by putting her feet on the floor and saying, today I will choose courage over comfort. I can't make any promises for tomorrow, but for today I will choose to be brave. I believe that every day through the stories that we hear of his life, as St. Francis put his feet on the floor each morning, he too made the choice to be brave. Through Brene Brown's research, she convinces us that choosing courage and vulnerability opens us up to love and joy and belonging. And while it may seem like an unlikely pairing of sorts, I think St. Francis and Dr. Brown would find themselves on the same page when it comes to living lives with love and truth at the center.
it is hard to be sure. Often when we choose to stand with the marginalized, the poor, the suffering, when we choose to stand with those with whom Jesus stands, when we push back on violence and greed and harm in favor of peace and generosity and healing, we, we may be called mad or crazy or just dismissed. The choice Francis made was to answer the call of the divine by loving and advocating for all of creation. Francis believed that nature was the mirror of God. He called the animals his sisters and brothers. There are many legends about St. Francis and the animals, but one of the most famous is when he struck a deal with a wolf. The wolf and the townsfolk apparently are going after each other. In the story, it is said that the wolf is attacking, then the townsfolk, and then the wolf, and on and on. The violence is escalating, and finally, Francis intercedes. The townsfolk agreed to put out food for the wolf, and in return, then the wolf agrees to quit attacking them. Francis is the mediator of that peace. Pope John, John Paul II said this about St. Francis, quote, Francis offers Christians an example of genuine and deep respect for the integrity of all creation. As a friend to the poor who was loved by God's creatures, St. Francis invited all creation, animals, plants, natural forces, even brother, sun, and sister, moon, to give honor and praise to the Lord. The poor man of Assisi gives us striking witness that when we are at peace with God, we are better able to devote ourselves to building up that peace with all creation, which is inseparable from peace among all peoples. As I've been thinking about this curious and compassionate saint all week, I couldn't help but think of my favorite Mary Oliver poem. The poem is aptly titled, Instructions for Living a Life. And I, it seems to resonate with the gift St. Francis offers us today. I believe the gift is to find our deepest truths and then let those truths be our daily sermons in every act we do. I want to end with her words this morning as a kind of commissioning, a kind of St. Francis commissioning, an invitation to take something of the courage and necessary vulnerability required to live wholehearted lives. And while we may never talk, let alone preach to a flock of birds, we can all embrace St. Francis's life story and weave that way of seeing all of creation and being at one in the world into everything that we do. It's a way that I believe can change us from the inside out with courage and commitment and compassion, and then can help us change the world. Instructions for Living a Life by Mary Oliver. Pay attention. Be astonished. Tell about it. May it be so.